Dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reason. Hello, and welcome to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathleen Reason, and today we are talking about I'll take joy over happiness any day. That's the title. I'll take joy over happiness any day. And really what the distinction that we're studying today is the difference between joy and happiness, because those words often get intermixed and yet there are very different things. And so when we apply joy into our world, so our workplaces, our lives, it makes a significant difference. And today we're actually going to cover the joy gap which is something that I work a lot with my one-on-one clients or when I'm in, when I'm speaking or in, in facilitations, we talk about this joy gap and we're going to dig into what is that and why is it important to understand that? And what do you do about that? Because there's a joy gap around each of us. For some of us, it's a lot smaller than others, but that's what we're going to dig into today. So we've got all kinds of things to cover and I'm super excited. This is actually our third week in a series of six weeks on the exploring the concept of joy. It's a really big concept. And I believe it's one of the most important things that we can understand about ourselves, how we work and how we live. So that's why six weeks of joy. We've covered joy and creativity. We've covered joy and the three critical reasons why it's so important to have joy. And then we're actually going to move on to joy and productivity next week. Then we've got joy and your culture. And my final one, the sixth week, I'm super excited. I'm excited about all of them, but the sixth week is even more exciting because we're actually going to bring a neuroscientist on and we're going to talk about the brain and the link between joy and the brain. And so I can tell you all about the great things about this neuroscientist, but tip secret he's my dad. So he's the one, if you've heard this show, you've heard me talk about Papa School and he actually watches my children on Monday. He's retired now, but he is a, a fellow and he, he works at Des Moines University. He worked there for many years and he is a knowledge of information. So we're going to borrow from that in week six. So that's all the stuff we've got coming forward and be sure to catch the last two weeks as well because there's so much great information. So let's kick off today with understanding the difference, the difference between joy and happiness, okay? Joy and happiness. So happiness, it's a fleeting moment and it can happen from outside of me. So my kids bring me happiness, okay? Watching somebody just light up with excitement brings me happiness. So happiness is something that can happen outside of me that triggers something in me so it, to create a moment of happiness. So I can be happy one moment, sad the next. And so happiness is about a moment in time where joy, joy is designed as something that is just a state of being. It's something that you always are. So the difference between joy being a state of being, being I can be joyful and sad at the same time, where happiness is a moment. Okay, so we're going to strive for joy. Happiness is something that is great, but it's outside of you where joy is internal. And a lot of us tend, especially as like busy leaders, we tend to thrive in the thought of success over something like joy. And we say, well, success is what we thrive, what we really want. And the reality is, is that success is like happiness. Success is fleeting. 
Success is not something that happens over time. And so people get burnt out when we look for these little moments, because think about that. If we're always striving for a moment, a moment of happiness, a moment of success, then we're constantly in the work of creating that experience. How exhausting to constantly be in the work of creating an experience where if we search for these, these underlying ways of being this joy, there's nothing to do about it. It's just something that you access. Okay. I am joyful. And so that is the difference between joy and happiness. And it's why happiness, while it's great, happiness is not the thing that we look for to sustain us. It's joy that sustains us. So I was thinking about joy in relationship to some of the experiences that I've had, because many of you can relate to experiences as parents or at work. And one that I was thinking of is my son's, my eight-year-old son's baseball team. So I'm the assistant coach. And let me tell you about how I became the assistant coach. It's my second year being the assistant coach. And the reason is that at the beginning of the year, this awesome head coach, he signed up for the team. And when it was time for signups, I thought, well, I can help corral kids, but I'm not, I used to play softball, but I'm not really that great as a as a pitcher, even throwing balls. I'm not even sure that it's going to land where I want it to land, but I'll give it my best effort. And so I'm usually, I'll be there and support. But the last two years, the coaches sent out a note and said, if there's any parents that be willing to assist me as an official assistant coach, I could use the support. And of course, I want to support the team. And Andrew, my son, at the first practice of both of the last years, he says, mom, bring your glove. So I do. And he says, my mom brought the gloves. She'll be the assistant coach. And that is how I became the assistant coach the last two years. And so it's been fine, but I am the assistant coach. And my job is to stand at the first base at when they bat. And I encourage them like, oh, great hit or come see me at first. And then when they get to first, then we, we talk, we're excited. We give them, I give them the pat on the back and then they get on a second. And so I am really this like cheerleader coach. I'm not the one that plans out the, the practice. I'm not the one that really does the heavy lifting. I'm more like the kid corraler and the cheerleader. And it works really well because the head coach knows my role and I know his role. And the, the kids, they don't really notice the difference, but they know if they want a lot of cheerleading, like that's there for them. It's available to them. And then we've got another guy, another assistant coach, who's a little more proficient in throwing the balls. So grounders sign me up. I can catch a ball and I mean, I can throw grounders, but if you want it, want it directly into the kid's glove, I'm probably not the one. And so this team last week were playing in this game and I'll just be frank with you. We were in the third inning and we weren't sure we were going to win. We weren't even sure we were going to show up on the scores. And then all of a sudden the kids, they started hitting and they were hitting balls left and right. We ended up winning the game five to two. And the way the game ended was the most bizarre ending. This kid, he was at second base, but he hadn't actually touched the base. And we said, tag him. We're yelling, like, tag the kid. And the kid that was running on the other team, he heard tag the base. So he starts running back to first base. And our kids see this kid's kid running. They go and tag him. That's the third out and the game's over. And we're all like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Wow. We are cheering like it is the end of the World Series and they just won the game. And I kept thinking about that, that kid that, that was running back. Like he was probably crying, you know, but it's okay. His team handled it well. And so when I look at that and I think about 
the joy in the moment for the kids, it's all like happiness, but with that underlying joy that they experience, what is it that actually creates joy? Okay. And there's three things. And, and I saw them each in these games. And if you look at pro athletes, you can see this too. And the first one is harmony. And, and it's the team. It's when even in a, they're in a eight-year-old under eight baseball, you can see it. They each play a certain spot. So there's a third baseman, a shortstop, a second baseman, a, a uh, we got first base, we got pitcher, we've got all of our outfielders, we got our catcher. Each one plays such a significant role. And if you've ever seen 8U ball, you know that the pitcher is the first year that the pitcher can actually pitch. So the kid pitch and, you know, a kid might get hit probably 50% of the time and we don't know what's going to happen, but it's really between the pitcher and the catcher until somebody hits the ball. It's, it's really those two that are playing the entire game, but harmony is when each player knows their role which means that when that ball gets hit, that first baseman's ready. The second baseman is ready to cover second, but the shortstop's there to cover second if the second baseman is getting the ball. The outfielders are backing up their bases. Everybody's playing in unison. And that's harmony when we understand that each player has its own unique role in the team. So it doesn't mean that the center field is a bad player because he's not playing pitcher or that he's not catcher and he's not in that immediate role. He knows that he's backing up second, or if a ball gets hit in outfield, he's the key to how it gets back in. They all know their role and we know that each one's important. And so one is not more important than the other, but we understand the harmony. And then we've got impact, okay, impact. And impact is we all know the goal. The goal is that we score on the, on the, if we're going to win the game, it means we have more points than the opponent. So that's, we're going to make an impact based on whether we hit or not. So when the team is playing, just like in any other sport, if we hit or we catch a ball and we get three outs and we go in, the impact is that we created this, this three outs so that we could shift the inning. So we can very easily see the impact. And then this third piece that's really important when we're experiencing joy, and it's the one that oftentimes we as adults overlook, we run past it, and it's the acknowledgement. So in our, in our eight-year-old baseball team, when we come in, so when they're out in the field or they're batting and they come in, we are celebrating them like they are the rock stars that they are. We're like, yes, you did awesome. We're so proud of you. Yay. And it's that acknowledgement piece. And then you should see the look on the kids' faces. I mean, you know it if you've ever seen kids, when you're cheering them on, when somebody sees them, really sees them and believes in them, they are lit up. They might look embarrassed. They might say they're embarrassed. But really that feeling that somebody cares about them is so precious and priceless. And so this is what happens when we create joy. We create this recipe of these three things, the harmony, the impact, and the acknowledgement. And so you want to take that experience and you want to put it in any other scenario. Let's continue with baseball. I was up speaking at my first in-person gig in over a year. It was so nice up in Sioux Falls uh, last week. It was, you guys, it was so awesome to stand in front of people again. I know in virtual, we've gotten to interact with people, but to actually be in front of a room of people was, well, for me, it was joyful, right? I got to see the impact. It was in a harmony because that was my flow. And I acknowledged myself for the role I got to play. So three very important pieces to experiencing joy. So on our way home, we decide we're going to stop and see my nephew. 
And he's one of my nephews is six. So his baseball, the baseball game that night, it's very different version. T-ball where everybody hits, everybody scores. It's really just getting them associated with the game. Well, I don't get to see many of my nephew's games because they live a few hours away. And I was that obnoxious aunt, like this, everything that he did, he caught the ball, he, he picked a piece of grass, he built a sandcastle, it didn't matter. Yay, Brenner, yeah, awesome. And really just pumping him up. And he could totally, I could feel his joy in that moment because it was acknowledging his impact. And of course we got to cheer with the other Cowboys because that's his baseball team name, we got to cheer with them as well. And so they all got to be that, that harmony. And at, at that level in T-ball, you put everybody out on the field, no matter if there's 17 kids, you put them all out on the field. So they all got to be a part of it. They all get to see the impact. And then when they come in, we acknowledge them. We cheer for them. We yell, you guys did awesome. And that is all part of the experience of creating joy. I have creating joy, creating joy for me, but it absolutely is the, the recipe for creating joy. So now we get to draw this correlation between how we create joy in these external moments of life, these, these baseballs, these experiences, how do you actually bring that into the office, for example, the office. So think about that. We're working on a project. Do we have the team that is best suited? Maybe, maybe not. Do we have, think about the baseball team. We put the ideal team in place. So especially as we get a little bit older in baseball, we know which kid's going to be best at pitcher. We know which kid's going to be best at first or third or second. They really start to get their positions. So when we look at harmony in our businesses, are we creating teams that truly are right seats in the right bus, as Jim Collins would say? Are we creating that? When we look at impact, are we stating the impact that we want to make? The intention that we're creating. Intention versus mechanism. A lot of times when we create experiences for our teams, we ask them very specifically, hey, could you solve this problem? And we, we think of it from a mechanism perspective. So this pen, I want to make a green pen. And we give them a solution to make, or we give them the, the question, make a green pen. But what we're really saying is make a writing utensil that delivers ink in the color of green. So where are we delivering mechanism-based problems versus intention-based problems? So understand that the teams, when they understand impact, their impact, they're working for intention, not for mechanism. They're working for intention, not for mechanism. And so that's, those are our first two. One, do we have the right people in place? Two, are we focused on impact based on an intention level? And then three, are we acknowledging our teams for the success that they're creating? What often happens is we get so excited, we get so excited that we create the impact, then we blow past it. We're on to the next one. We forget to actually stop and acknowledge ourselves. Adults, as adults, we are horrible, horrible at receiving. Horrible. I mean, I, I can't emphasize that enough. We are horrible at receiving. And in order to acknowledge someone, someone else gets to receive. And so that's the piece. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to pick up right there about why, why are we so horrible at receiving? Because that's actually what's blocking us from this joy. Why we're so horrible at receiving. So dig in, hold on just one second while we go on this quick break. But think about that. Like if somebody issues you a compliment, hey, your dress looks really nice today. Or wow, that color of, of shirt that you're wearing, it just brings out your eyes or whatever it is. How do we react? Do we push it off or are we receiving of it? 
So think about that as we go on this quick break. You are listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. And today we're talking all about I'll take joy over happiness any day. All right, guys, enjoy this quick break. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. So excited to talk about today's topic, which is joy versus happiness. For the past 15 minutes, we've been digging into what is the difference between joy and happiness. And right before break, we talked about receiving. So there's the three components, the three ingredients to really experiencing joy. And the first one being that harmony. So, so the right team, do we have that team in place? that's really going to work together just like a baseball team. We've got all the different players that are going to create the ultimate result. The second one is impact and the impact, which is based on an intention level. So green pen, that's the example we use. Are we really going to create a green pen or are we going to create a writing utensil that, that leaves some kind of green mark? And then the last one being acknowledgement. And so with acknowledgement, a lot of us have a hard time receiving. Your challenge right before break was to really think about how you can actually, when someone gives you a compliment, do you receive it or do you buffer it? I was listening to these two ladies <laughs> You probably see, if you're a parent, you've seen them, uh, but they, they sit in their car or they're, they're just, they're, they're moms, but they do this kind of funny thing. I do not remember their names, but these ladies, they talk all about like the funny parts of parenting. And they did this little skit the other day and they were talking about receiving compliments and the biggest challenge that we have with it. And one of the ladies says, when somebody says, oh, your butt is really big. Like they give you the opposite of a compliment. I know. And you totally feed into it and you receive that. But if somebody says to you, that shirt is a beautiful color with your eyes, you say, oh, well, thanks. Or you kind of buffer that instead of just really receiving it. Thank you. Thank you. Saying thank you. And a lot of times the, if we dig into the emotional intelligence underneath that, why do we buffer that? Why do we push that away? It's really because many of us aren't conditioned to receive. We live in a world where the society tells us around us, there's always something wrong. And so for us to actually stop, hear what's being said and think, wow, somebody sees us in our highest or sees what is going on with us that, that is positive. How great is that? 
How incredible is that? I was at a, a, a Girl Scouts luncheon. So my very first uh, big conference or event that I'd been to, there were 500 people there. You guys in a COVID environment, it, it was for me, for as a promoter, for somebody that loves to be around people, it was so awesome to be around so much energy. And yet it was done in a safe way. So we could get into all those details, but it's not the point of what we're talking about here. And what I'll, I'll say, I was at this luncheon and uh, this lady's talking to the keynote. She's talking about how we receive gratitude. So when somebody says, thank you for your hard work, where do you go with it? Uh, thanks. Hmm. Brush it off or just really take that moment to receive saying, okay, I get it. They appreciate what I did. And so we, I'm spending so much time on this here is because this is a piece of acknowledgement that as a society, we have brushed off. We have said that, oh, to be modest, you can't accept compliments to be, uh, humble. You can't accept compliments, but in reality, I can't give if somebody else isn't willing to receive in the, my book, uh, joy and uncertainty. I talk about the concept. If I spent six hours making these cookies for my neighbor, and I'm so excited about these cookies. I spent all this extra time. I made sugar cookies and the frosting and I decorated it all nicely. And I walk over with my plate of cookies to my neighbor and I'm getting ready to give these cookies. I'm, I'm just lit up because I know that my neighbor's favorite cookies are sugar cookies. And I walk up to the door, I knock on the door, my neighbor answers it and I say, hey, I made you these sugar cookies. And what if my neighbor says, oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. I would be crushed. It has nothing to do with the neighbor, but that I can't give because that person's not willing to receive. So then I walk back to my house with my cookies and I get back to the house and I'm all sad because I worked so hard on these cookies and my neighbor wouldn't take the cookies because he didn't want them. That is what we do every single day when people are giving us acknowledgements and we walk away from them. And when they don't feel good to us to give them because somebody else can't receive, then we stop giving them. And when we stop giving them, People stop expecting them or they stop wanting them and they don't know what to do with them. And it just perpetuates this cycle. And so now we are not in the spirit of acknowledging because we can't receive. And so now this formula of creating joy, the harmony, the impact and the acknowledgement now becomes a two-part formula and it doesn't work as two because one of the legs has fallen off. It just doesn't work as two. And guess what? It's a joy suck. It is a joy suck. So think about in your work, how often has one of your employees or you done something incredibly awesome that you're so proud of and yet nobody recognizes it or you don't recognize around the people around you that are doing this awesome work. And so we just let it go. We just move on to the next thing. That happened for me when I was running my marketing firm. There were so many awesome things happening, but I was so focused on what the next awesome thing that was going to happen was that I didn't stop to acknowledge it. I told myself, I don't need a lot of acknowledgement. I'm fine. But what I discounted was that my team got to be acknowledged, that my team got to understand the impact that they were creating. 
So in baseball, the thing that works really well with an under eight team is that the second something happens, the second they catch the pot fly, the second they hit a double, the second they even make contact with the ball, the second they get onto first base, the second somebody keeps the ball in front of them, we acknowledge that. We are the crazy and yes, awesome job. I'm so proud of you. We are the obnoxious parent. It's like, yay, my son hit the ball. Woo! We are those people for our team. Because guess what? As we get into that executive space, our job shifts from the doing to the being. We are the celebratory. We are the coaches. We are the under eight coaches. We are the ones that see everything. We train ourselves to see everything. And then we acknowledge it. The second the impact's created, we acknowledge it. We are the ones that are the so proud. And so for people that are promoters that love to be around other people like me, we can flip into that. Hey, great job. For people that maybe like to be behind the computer screen and don't necessarily, their energy doesn't quite get that high. <laughs> They're not the ones screaming and yelling. You have your own style. It could sound something like, hey, Ben, I noticed how hard you're working. And I thank you. Hey, Julie, thanks for the extra effort that you're putting in. I see you. Something as simple as that. People hear that and they think, wow, it really does matter. So Harvard did this study. It was incredible. I'm actually going to pull it up because there's so much great data in there. You guys can see it. Just Google Harvard Business Review. And it's about making joy a priority at work. And what I found in this, this study amazed me. And it taught, they interviewed over 500 people, 500 employees that worked at companies that were $2 billion or greater. So these are like pretty big companies that these uh, 500 people work at. And they asked a series of questions. And then they grouped, based on the results, they group of people that really experienced more joy at work and those that didn't experience as much joy at work. And so then they looked at those, remember the three parts, so harmony, impact, and acknowledgement. They grouped some of the questions based on harmony, impact, or acknowledgement. And so one of the questions was, I understand my role and the role of others on the team. I understand my role and the role of others on the team. And what they found was that the people that experienced joy at work were 74% more likely to answer that question as a yes. 48% of the people that didn't experience, they reported less joy at work. So they were lower in the joy category. They said, I understand my role and the role of others on the team, which would lead to when we understand our role and the role of others on the team, we have a higher likelihood to be in joy. So when we talk about harmony, that's what we're talking about. So when I understand which position I'm playing and where other people are playing, I have greater joy. The next one under the harmony category was there are strong bonds within the team. So connection, there's strong connection among the team. 72% of the people that responded, reported more joy at work said yes. And when you looked at the people that didn't have as much joy, it was a 48%, which means that these, these, these teams that are in joy are experiencing higher bonds within the team. So they have more connection within the team. And the last one that was asked under Harmony is, my talents are utilized effectively. Meaning that I believe that I am being put in the, if I'm a pitcher, I'm put in the pitcher role. If I'm a first baseman, I'm put in the first baseman role. Use that as what that would look like for work. But we have here, these, these are shocking numbers, 70 4% of people that reported more joy said my talents are utilized effectively. Whereas the ones that weren't reporting as much joy, 39%. So what this is telling us is the harmony category is when people are put in the positions that they, when people see them first for what their, their, their roles really are, and then put in the positions where they can thrive, 
they have higher levels of joy. Now this sounds like a no duh, but this stuff isn't always happening in the corporate world. So when we can marry this, when we can figure this out and really look to our people to see what really are their skills and are they in positions that align, that's where magic happens and they report more joy. So let's look at impact real quick. There were two questions that were asked on that. The first one, my role is critical to the success of the team. So is my role critical to the success of the team? The people that reported hearing more, feeling more joy at work were at 74% versus the ones that weren't reporting more joy at work were at 44%. So those that believe that their role is critical to the success of the team, absolutely, they can see their connection to the impact. The second question, I understand how my role contributes to business success. So not just that it does contribute, but that they realize how it contributes. 74% of people reporting more joy at work said, yes, I understand how my role contributes to the success. Whereas only 50% that reported less joy thought that. So here you guys can see that there, when our role is critical to the success of the team and we know how that works, we report higher joy. And then in the acknowledgement section, here's where it gets really great, is that we have two more questions. So shared success is celebrated within the team. Those that are reporting joy, 75%. But those that aren't reporting as much joy, only 50%. So when we have shared success that's celebrated, we are more likely to experience joy. And our last questions, colleagues acknowledge others' contributions to team success. So colleagues, it's not just group success. It's that people acknowledge me for my individual contribution. 69% of those experiencing joy said, yes, this is happening. Whereas 44% of the people that are experiencing not as much joy said this is happening. So you can see people want to have that connection with their team. They want to know the impact and be acknowledged for their individual impact. Those three, harmony, impact, and acknowledgement, are so important to how we create joy, yet it's not the recipe that we use in most companies. So think about how you can apply that in for your company, for the work that you're doing. Very important key here. So we're going to go on a quick break. I'll let you guys really absorb that, that three-part that with our formula here, where we've got our harmony, our impact, and our acknowledgement. And when we come back from this break, we're going to introduce the joy gap, what that is. So you guys are listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And we're talking all about joy versus happiness and how we can bring more joy to our worlds. So enjoy this quick break. We'll be back in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show. Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. 
To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. And today we've been talking all about joy versus happiness, because I'll take joy any day. And yet, how do we actually create that? Because happiness is a fleeting moment, but joy is that state of being that really exists beyond just a single point of time. And so one of the things we talked about just right before that break was a study that was done by Harvard Business Review. You can look it up online, making joy a priority at work. It's really fascinating when we looked at the the people that reported the feelings of more joy followed that three recipe, that success, recipe success, meaning harmony, impact, and acknowledgement. And so there was one other question that was asked, and I just found this fascinating. And so he asked his questions of 500 people in $2 billion plus organizations. And I'll give you a little clue. It doesn't matter who you ask, what size organizations or how many people, you're going to hear the same thing. 90% of the respondents said that they expected to experience joy at their jobs. They, they desired it. They expected it. They wanted it. And yet, here's the thing that's shocking. How many of the respondents, what percentage do you think actually said that they experienced joy? If 90% desire it, how many actually said they experience it? Well, think about that. Pick a number. What do you think? 90, 80, 70, 60, 50, 40? No. 37% of respondents said they actually experienced joy on a day-to-day basis. 37%. My gosh, do you see that gap? 90% say they desire it, they want it, but 37% said they have it. And that there lies the joy gap. That is the joy gap. The joy gap is described as the number of people that actually experience joy in their their life, their work life versus the people that desire it. So we have a 53% joy gap. Now that is across this study, but if you dig into your company or or any other company, there is a joy gap. There are very few that are 100%, 100% or, or whatever, whatever those numbers would be for your company, but there's a joy gap. There's always a joy gap. And the challenge is how do we fill that? Well, right here, we go to our recipe that we have, our recipe, our three-part recipe, harmony, impact, and acknowledgement. And so when we focus on those three things, remember, we spent a lot of time understanding what these are. When we dig in there and we say, okay, how do we actually apply this? So Jim Collins, I mentioned him earlier, uh, great author, speaker, and he he has right right seats, right bus. And that's, that's his philosophy. So make sure that you have the people that can perform the tasks and in the seats. And I'll share with you an experience that we went through. It's been a little bit of time, but at one of our businesses. So it was a consumer-based business, one of our gyms. And we had a few members there, actually instructors, who uh, the great people, but really weren't in the environment where they could be successful anymore. They kind of showed up. My experience of how they showed up was angry, frustrated, uh, just not in their, their space of joy, for sure. And as a result, there were other people that would pick up on that. And then they felt angry and frustrated. And all of a sudden now we've got this like anger bubble growing 
which is not what we wanted to create. And this happens every day in companies. And the challenge is as, as a leader, oh, maybe they'll just work it out. Like This is so silly that we're addressing this. They could just work it out. And what was happening was they weren't working it out. And our retention numbers were actually decreasing because new members didn't want to come in and feel this kind of funk. And that's how they were describing it. I don't know what's going on there, but it's definitely a funk and I don't want to be a part of it. And so then they would leave. And, and finally, we said, we, we, we get to interrupt this because it's not working. And so we had a lot, a lot of conversations, a lot of coaching, and it became abundantly clear that it, it was not going to work. There was, it wasn't going to work in the situation that we were in. Something got to shift. Either we as, as owners or, or the managers of the business got to leave or these people got to leave. Well, I own the business. I'm a lot more in it. Uh, our management structure, that's not going to change. And so these members, we got to support them in finding somewhere else to be. So got somewhere else to go, somewhere else to go work out. And we did that. And so there was a little bit of a frustration in that moment where they were a little frustrated because they wanted to stay in their angry bubble. And now that they're on the other side of it, that they've landed somewhere else, I see notes from them, not directly to me, because there may still be anger towards me because I was the precipitous to get this moving on so that everybody got to be in a joy space. I'm seeing them thrive, totally enjoy. And, and the word enjoy, we think of it as in joy, I N space joy. But that's, it got simplified to, oh, I'm enjoying myself, E-N-J-O-Y. But they were, they're actually in joy in somewhere else. They're reporting higher levels of joy. And they're talking about how they're working out better than they ever have and how they're their happy selves again. And so they're using a lot of these words that we've been talking about today, happy in the moment, but experiencing overall joy. And on one hand, my brain can be tricky. I can go back and say, wow. They were so angry and frustrated when they were with us. And gosh, if only they could have shifted, if only they could have been in joy. Instead of us having to go through what we went through, then get to the other side, be successful somewhere else. Why couldn't they have just been successful here? But this is what happens with a lot of employees. And I've seen this, I've been a part of this in companies that I own. I've been a part of this as when I used to be an employee. And I'm sure you've seen it too. We tend to go into when someone's not performing at their job, that person stinks. That, that's a bad person. That person sucks. And the reality is they're, they're not. They're just not set up to succeed where they are. And our job as executives, as employers, as bosses is to support them, coach them into either being in joy where they are or supporting them and being successful somewhere else. And then it's not fancy lingo. It's really saying, I see what's possible for you. And I'm going to support you in getting that, even if it means that you're not here, even if it means that you're not here. And so as an executive, that can be kind of tricky too, because we say, why would we put all of this training and coaching into people? And then they decide to leave. And the question I have for you is, what if you don't put all that training and coaching and they decide to stay? That's an even more dangerous position. So the, the philosophy that I take is I'm going to pour into our employees or our members or our instructors or whatever that looks like, I'm going to pour into them. And then if they choose to stay and be successful where we are, awesome. But if they don't, then that's okay too. And in this case, these, these members, these instructors, they were not satisfied. They were not enjoying where they were and their anger bubble was getting larger and involving more people. And so being an interruption to that and allowing them to 
be successful somewhere else, being the impetus for them to go actually created a space where the people that were in uh, out on the outskirts of that bubble, and so they were still members, they, they noticed an immediate difference. And so their joy levels increased. And the people that were there that, that then left, they are now in joy. So in the end, it worked out really well. It was the messy middle that was the unfortunate part. That was the uncomfortable part. And how often do we stay in the messy middle? How often do we accept the messy middle as just how it is? But it's, the, it's our role. It's our role as executives to say the messy middle is just that. It's just the messy middle. And we get to be the impetus to support that messy middle being just the middle and not the end. We get to be the ones that walk in as the interruption and say, hey, we get to be successful somewhere else and create the movement. There are more times in my life, uh, in my, my work life, but life in general, where I got to be and I get to be the interruption to that. And at the time, it can feel like a lot of anger is pointed towards you. And I get it. And that's our job. The higher that you climb in a company, the more success that you gather in business, the more that you're going to be asked to be in these positions of interrupting the messy middle. Because you've seen it. You know that it happens around you. But your job is to create the experiences of joy for your employees. Because I'll tell you what, people aren't leaving your company because they don't like the work. They're leaving because of this joy gap. This 53% joy gap that we're seeing across the board, that's why employees leave. They're bored? Yeah, because they're not joyful. Joy is such an integral part of our lives. We seek joy. We seek joy more than anything that we've ever sought. When you think about what it is that we really want, joy is number one. We as human beings, it is our nature to seek joy. And when we have a 53% joy gap, we're going to go somewhere else to see if we can find it. We'll hang out there for a little bit longer, like two years or so. That's the average that people are staying at positions. And then we say, it's not here either. And we go on, not here either. And we go on until we realize that we have control of our joy. And so this is what's happening in the work world. And we as leaders get to see it for what it is and say, oh, bingo, I have the formula and I can create it. It's about harmony. So right people, right places. It's about impact. So stating from an intention level what we're here to create. And then it's about acknowledgement when they actually create it. And I, as the leader, am responsible for each one of those. I am the acknowledgement leader. I am the lead cheerleader. So you're just, you're like the captain of the cheerleading squad. And so sometimes when we, <laughs> there are some days where I just want to come to work and actually work. Like I want to do, I want to do the thing. I want to write. So if I'm working on a book, I just want to write or I just want to speak, but I am the head cheerleader. And I'm speaking to this, like that's me, but for you too, like you're the head cheerleader. And so even though you may want to, if you're in finance, for example, you may want to go and just crunch the numbers. You may want to sit behind the calculator and just work the numbers, but your job is to be the head cheerleader. Your job is to notice when impact is being created. Your job is to notice when the right person in the right seat gets a little wonky. When maybe the, where the, when you follow the controversy, you see, oh, that person's probably not in the ideal seat and would either do better here or here, which would be not with your company. 
Your job is to be the interruption. That doesn't always mean you have to do it. If you've got a team around you, absolutely encourage the team. The best part of my job is anymore, I'm actually coaching the people that are having these conversations. So I get to coach. I get to figure out how to have the conversations with the people that are having the conversations. So it's about coaching the coaches. So think about that. Your job may not be to be the one that has the conversations anymore. Your job may be the ones to coach the coaches. So now not only do you get to figure out how to experience joy using our three-part formula, because it's the same thing with your management team, you are responsible for coaching the people that are actually implementing this. How cool is that? It's like layer upon layer upon layer. And it's a different skill set for you. So think about how we rise into our roles. We're very successful at doing. So we get put into another, to a leadership role. And then we make it through that. We get put into another leadership role. And now we're coaching the coaches to the people that, need, that require this work. How cool is that? And yet, are we obtaining all of the skills? So here's a skill, a tool that you can use right now. It's really understanding harmony. So are the people on my team, am I willing to interrupt the people on my team if they're not in the right spots? Because the longer that you wait, the more joy suck. That joy gap grows. And then you see people leading. Okay. Then we look at impact. Am I the one creating? Am I seeing the impact that's being created? Am I, am I clearly articulating the impact that gets to be created? And are we acknowledging it? So there's a tool that you could use right now to coach the coaches in your organization so that you can create joy. Close the joy gap. All right, guys, we're going to go on our last break. When we get back, we're going to tie all of this together. Yay. You are listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. I am your host, Kathleen Reeson, and I will be back right after this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And today we've been talking all about, I'll take joy over happiness any day, which is really about the distinction between joy and happiness. So the first thing we talked about in the show is what joy is and what happiness is. And remember, happiness is that fleeting moment, that moment in time where you experience something outside of you that lights you up. That's happiness. But joy is a way of being. It's a sustained experience that you have access to at any point. It truly is joyful. And so in our companies and in our lives, when we actually look at the statistics, it's the people that really want joy. We come to work and we lead our lives saying, I want to experience joy. It's actually our human nature to crave joy. But joy is something that a lot of people aren't accessing. So the statistic that we share with you from the Harvard Business Review stated that 90% of people come to work wanting joy, but only 37% experience it. That's a 53% joy gap. That is an average based on a statistic, but know that that's something you get to dig into for your company or for your environment. So you get to ask the question, how many of you experience joy at work? So that's going to tell you that whatever that 37% equivalent. 
The other question, how many of you come to work desiring joy? That's that 90%. Okay. So, so ask those two questions and then you can figure out what your gap is. Once you know what your gap is, you cannot know it, right? So if you've got a 53% gap or you have a 20% gap or you have a 90% gap, it doesn't matter. Whatever your gap is, once you know it, then you can work towards it. And now we're going to look at your three, the three recipe ingredients that we talked about, harmony, impact, and acknowledgement. And now you can actually build a formula to close the joy gap. So if you have a 53% joy gap, like what was stated in the Harvest Business Review, then we get to dig into, say, which one of these areas has the lowest area? Harmony, is the team not working well together? Are they not jiving? Are there lots of fights? Or maybe people aren't connected to each other? So we think we can spend a ton of money on digital tools. We can spend a lot of money on uh, marketing. But the reality is if our employees aren't connected to each other, that's a problem. I shared with you a few weeks ago about, I saw this on LinkedIn, a lady posted that she, a new picture of her baby and said, I'm so excited to return from maternity leave. So excited. And she shows her baby and she's all proud. And her coworker who sits next to her in a physical office environment says, I didn't even know you were pregnant. Ooh, mind blown. I didn't even know you were pregnant. And here's what happened. COVID. So they went from being next to each other in cubicles to being at home. And this tests your real connectivity because are you really connected to somebody if you don't even share what's actually going on in your life? It doesn't matter if it's work environment or life environment, but you get to be vulnerable. So this shows both sides. This is the, hey, is the workmate asking about what's going on? But the person that's pregnant, is she openly sharing what's going on? So vulnerability goes both ways. So this person didn't even know their workmate was pregnant. She didn't see her. So it's not like she could see her growing belly, but she didn't know that she was pregnant. And then she went on maternity leave for three months and she didn't know she was gone. So lots of stuff going on there. But the reality is that's happening. That's happening and it's happening everywhere. And the question is, understanding, is it happening in your office? Maybe, maybe not, but that joy gap is going to tell you. So Harmony, let's understand how much connection is happening. Do we have the people that are the ideal people in those ideal seats? And then we go to the impact because guys, this is just so important in understanding what is it that we're here to do? We talk about the millennial generation and how they're really the ones that they care about impact. We all care about impact, but yes, millennials, absolutely. Their joy gap, if they don't understand their impact, If you have an office full of millennials, go to impact first, because that is the thing they want to know that they have purpose. And then it's probably acknowledgement second, because from a millennial perspective, now we're just grouping and we're just labeling here. So you really get to dig in, but the first one, they probably check that impact and say, do you really understand the purpose? So I gave you those questions. If you listen back in this episode, you'll actually hear example questions. I'd love to say those are Kathleen Reeson questions. They're not. Those are questions. I read them directly from the Harvard Business Review article, and it was beautiful. It just tells you exactly what questions they asked in the survey. And so you can utilize something like that for your organization to really get down to what, where is this joy gap for us? Because know that if you have a retention issue, you really have a joy gap issue. You have a retention issue. You have a joy issue. Your joy gap is great and you can't see it 
until you look at it in this way. So we're just shifting the flashlight. We're shifting where the light shines so that you can see something in a different way. And then the tools using harmony, impact, and acknowledgement and building a structure around those is critical. This actually makes big changes within companies. And it's how not necessarily these words, but, but this concept is what we really created in a lot of my companies to shift how people were showing up, to shift how I was showing up, to shift how our leadership team was showing up. And as a result, our profits raised. So one, like one of the coolest things a few years ago, we took our team on a retreat, or so our leadership team on a retreat. We didn't once talk about business, not once. And yet, as a result of that retreat, it significantly shifted how the businesses grew and it significantly shifted our profit margin. I can show you on the financials where it shifted, but yet we didn't talk about business for one second on the retreat. But what we did talk about were harmony, impact, and acknowledgement. We focused all on that. And as a result, we created massive impact. So this stuff works. Like I, I can't make this up. It works. And actually, if you guys are free, you're hearing this, you're free. May 26th, I don't know when you're listening to this, but May 26th, I am offering a uh, free presentation. This is just, I'm, this is my gift to the world. It's called Joy as a Strategic Advantage. So I'm presenting. I present all over the world. I just presented live for the first time in a year because COVID. And I'm so excited. This will be a, a combination of live and virtual event, but it's May 26th and it is all about Joy as a Strategic Advantage. So yes, you listen to me on the, the radio show and podcast and TV, however you're listening, but this is another opportunity to engage. So if you want access to that, just reach out to me. It's my email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. And it's a great way where we can, you can learn even more about this. You can ask questions. It'll be a lot of fun. So keep that in mind, May 26th, reach out to me if you want that information. And just as a rule of thumb, if you have questions about anything that we've asked or you want to pop onto the show, because you live radio, you can actually pop on and, and ask these questions too. Just let me know. So guys, today we've covered so much territory. What I promised you at the beginning, the title of today's show was I'll take joy over happiness any day. And I say that because these fleeting moments of happiness, while they're valuable, having access to an entire state of being that is just joyful. So regardless of what happens around me, my youngest son's nearly dying, which has happened. My husband's nearly died twice, which has happened. My mom actually died, which happened. You know, all these things that happen around us, I can still experience joy in that time. I can experience immense sadness and gratitude at the exact same time as joy. That is powerful. That is being in control of your emotional intelligence. And I'm so excited to bring you more topics like this. We'll be setting joy for the next three weeks. So have fun. Join me next Monday. I'll talk to you very soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.